Welcome to Light Treason News, everyone. Pop culture, politics, and a sprinkle of treason. I'm joined today, uh, what a treat, by Aaron. Oh, it's me. I'm back. Hello. How are I'm you? I'm back. Back in the pod. The pod chair. Yeah. Just to give a little bit of background about what's happening right now, um, either my upstairs neighbors are moving in a new roommate mm-hmm. or somebody's moving out. I can't tell. It looks like there's some sort of uh, uh, there's some sort of moving truck outside, sure. which was also confusing for me because as I walked up, I, it, it says moving on the side of the truck. Mm-hmm. But when I just glanced in the back, all I saw were tires. Mm-hmm. It's just filled with tires. Weird. I, I guess maybe to. Are they moving tires into the <laughs> apartment? <laughs> maybe. That would explain the tremendous amount of noise. It's, I, I think maybe they put tires in the back when there's extra space to stop sure. things from rattling around, okay. which is a weird choice, but understandable. I understand. Uh, but also just like they've, I think, set up some sort of like. Uh, some sort of system where there's always one of them walking up and down the stairs. <laughs> like it sounds like they've been walking up and down the stairs for forever. ten minutes straight. Like, and it also feels like it's going to go on forever. Uh-huh. And I know none of you can probably hear it. You're right. like, sound quality is A plus. Yeah. But just in case we ever sound distracted <laughs> or like we're losing our train of thought, it sounds like elephants are running above our heads. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that's just what we're dealing with. It's the beauty of living in a city. Uh yes. So Obviously, we're in the pop culture section, so I mm. got to get your Rex from you. Oh, yeah. I have a lot. Okay. I have a couple. Why don't we start with you? Because okay. I always feel like I bulldoze this Yeah, section. okay. All yeah. right. I got a couple. Okay. I just started reading a, a great book. I, I, yeah, I, I think I can recommend it because, it, I mean, even though I just started, it seems very good. Mm. Uh, it's also a Pulitzer Prize winner, so I think it's safe to uh, you know recommend a Pulitzer Prize winning book. It's called Gotham. Okay. It's a very large history book about uh the founding of new york city oh that's cool who's it written by uh it is over in my bag i do not know i can google it it's okay yeah uh but yeah i won the pulitzer prize it's great it seems very like uh just starting it off it seems it's very thorough but it also does like uh it has like a, a narrative arc to it which is nice edwin g burroughs and mike wallace there you go Edwin G. Burroughs and Mike Wallace. Awesome. Pulitzer Prize winners. Uh, it's it's really cool. It's 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 so really it's not about the Batman. I you know I haven't made it that far in. He better could be in be, there. Could be or it's know? false advertising. <laughs> right. Um, you get your money back. I've already read an angry letter. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. no Batman. There's no Batman in this book. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're like, uh, we published this like 15 years ago. Please mm-hmm. leave You're us like, alone. That's no excuse not to um, have the Batman. Right. Uh, already learning stuff. I learned that Gotham is a village in England. That was uh, where renowned. the Batman's from. Sorry. I'll yeah. Start no. Well, it, sort of the opposite. It was uh, renowned for being filled with idiots. Oh. Uh, which, uh, you know. I don't uh, think that's the opposite. <laughs> could, maybe not. I think maybe there's the overlap same. there. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it's, it's really great. And also last night I saw Ma. Oh my God. I want to see it so bad. Why did you go see it without me? (laughs) Well, it was sort of a, sort of a a spur of the moment decision. I met up with a, an old, uh, like uh, school friend. So mad at you. Yeah. uh, I also couldn't go. uh, A friend of ours, Jordan is moving. mm, And as like her going away party, Mm. she's like, we're going to go see Ma and do karaoke. And I was like, oh my God, you mean my dream night? And I couldn't go because I had a three hour rehearsal. I I won't spoil anything. Don't say Uh, anything. I will say it's uh, good. I I heard it it is fucking insane. It is insane. Uh, It's got very mixed reviews. Of, Of course. It seems like one of those... 
very much walking the line between this is just bad and this is fun bad. It is, yeah, that's that's right. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, from a filmmaking perspective, uh, perspective, it's got uh, like issues, I guess. Yeah. You know, it, it's got like sort of technical issues to it. You know, in terms of like what makes a good movie. But uh, you know, uh, it was really enjoyable to watch. It was fun. And to me, when I saw the preview, I was like, oh, this is deliberately bad. It's it's not that bad. Mm, it's it doesn't okay. have that vibe. It's got a it's got that sort of vibe of like it's a horror movie, but it doesn't deal with a lot of violence. It's more psychological. So there's just weird parts to it because it's all you know psychological. But I would say uh, I recommend it. Um, it was enjoyable to watch. And even if you don't like it, it's worth going to see just to see Octavia Spencer be a treat, a, <sighs> d- a true delight. I gotta tell you, I'm experiencing a lot of anxiety right now because there's so much stuff I want to see and mm-hmm. I just don't have enough time. Right. Because I'm working, like I have a job mm-hmm. and my like day job and then I'm trying to write and then I have this podcast right. and I am watching so much like, so in my recommendations I have um, nailed it Mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. There's a new season of it up, and that's just sort of like a light thing to watch while yeah. you're doing like other stuff. Right, right, right. Uh, Riverdale season three. Mm-hmm. Where do I begin? <laughs> I, I saw you go on a real tweet thread, mm-hmm. real real tweet storm. I was this. documenting my journey while watching Riverdale season three, which is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. <laughs> it is the dumbest worst show <laughs> slash my favorite show <laughs> on television it is just absurd on every level um dumb 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 archie fights a bear twice <laughs> twice at two different parts but one one time's not actually a bear it's a man dressed up as a bear so mm. it's not stupid <laughs> oh yeah that would be ridiculous. Uh, it's uh. so bad. Um, but it's like watching a bunch of hot people do absurd things and mm. I love it. It was I've, that's like Game of Thrones. I have too. to take issue of one of your one yeah. of your tweets about Go Riverdale. Ahead, let's Granted, I don't know any of the context of the show. Is it the D and D tweet? No, look, here's the here's oh the issue. Oh my god, here's I have so issue. many butthurt fanboys. <laughs> no, 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 no. Here's here's my issue with it. Okay. Okay, okay well first of all, what tweet, I tweeted was what? the most unrealistic thing about Riverdale yes. is Hot people being into D and D. Yes. Okay. And got I, retweeted a bunch, and there were so many. I did not see any of that. D and D guys who were like, "Um." Okay, look. Uh, I'm not going to defend those guys because uh, we're not. Uh, I, first of all, I don't play D and D. I'm better than that. Mm-hmm, uh, sure. Uh, but, I have nothing against D and D. No, uh, but here's my counterpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vin Diesel, mm-hmm. huge D and D player. Okay, now let's just pause here. <laughs> you think Vin Diesel's hot? <laughs> He is objectively, no, he's uh, yes, not. he is. Yes, he is. No, he's yes, not. He, is. he may not be your type, not but he's attractive. A, he may not be your type. He's a mook. He meets all the markers of an attractive man. He's a mookie. He mook. may not be your type, but he's no, but objectively I, I attractive. I knew when I was tweeting that I was making a gross generalization. <laughs> well, like Joseph Gordon-Levitt loves D and D. Objectively handsome fellow. Well, I know hot people play D and D. I just thought it was so funny that. Every hot person in this high school right, right. got into D and D, and I was like, "What?" And there were a couple moments where they like were self aware about it, and they were like, "There's a lot of nerd shit going on uh-huh, right now." Yeah, um, we. I actually, what's funny is you had tweeted that right after I literally just had a conversation about that topic mm-hmm. um, because uh, I participate in a comedy wrestling show where I play a Dungeon and Dragons character, sure. and I was talking to a friend of mine at that show about how D and D is more prominent now. 
in like popular culture and we were trying to figure out why Mm -hmm. because it died out for a while i think because being a nerd is cool i I think that's a big part of it uh stranger things had a lot to do with that oh for sure it's stranger things yeah but just like but leading up to that all of the like popularization of like marvel movies there's also a lot of like really really popular D &D podcasts yeah who actually that there are hot people who play it on those podcasts yeah it's yeah it's interesting i i I think there's yeah the general rise of nerd culture into the pop culture and then things like stranger things coming back you know coming out and stuff like that it's 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 fascinating um yeah so i know hot people (laughs) i was just saying i thought it was so funny it is weird the hottest people in this high school Without like questioning anything, or suddenly dressing up as their characters mm-hmm, and yeah. running around, and I was yeah, like, "Yeah, no, that's weird." They used to be cheerleaders. <laughs> this was a weird segue. Um, but yeah, so the reason I started listing all of these shows, and I'll I'll get to more Rex in a second, is going back to Mom. I was saying I'm feeling a lot of anxiety right now because there's so much good stuff out right uh-huh, now, yeah. and I feel like there's just not enough hours in the day for like I want everyone to just stop making content for a while right, 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 yeah. so I can catch up. Like I I have to see Ma. I really wanted to see Booksmart. Yeah, I really and see that. I was just like, when am I gonna have time to go see <laughs> right. this movie? I like I never see comedies in the theater. Mm-hmm. I always wait until they're on Netflix, which yeah, is yeah. shitty because I want to obviously support right, comedies, right. especially comedies written and directed by and starring women. Mm-hmm. Um, because they're so rare, unfortunately. Right. And then, yeah, like you put a movie like Booksmart in a hyper competitive market, and then you're like, well, it didn't really smash at the mm-hmm, box mm-hmm. office, so I guess ladies can't do comedy. And it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. What? You put it up against Aladdin. Right. The fuck did you think was going to happen yeah, to a small exactly, comedy? Yeah. yeah, it's it's so like, like I never go to the movies. Like I like before I went to the movies the other night, I honestly couldn't remember the last time I went. It had to have been at least maybe a year or so. Mm-hmm. But every time I go, it's awesome. Oh yeah, no, I love I, I love seeing a, like a new movie with a packed audience. Yeah. that the audience is really into the movie. It's like yeah. one of the most enjoyable things ever. Having a big our our theater wasn't full, but there was like a pretty like sizable like vocal crowd for Ma, and it definitely like. It helps. Made the experience, yeah. But yeah. just going to the movies in general is just awesome. I love seeing Jordan Peele movies with yeah. like a full uh-huh. theater, yeah. I love, uh, uh, controversial opinion maybe, uh, theater popcorn. It's great. Oh, no, I like popcorn. I love 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 a big tub of popcorn. You know what really got me into popcorn? So I perform at the UCB Theater, mm-hmm. and like the perk we get as performers is we get a, a token mm-hmm. for a drink, um... Or like a meal over at Treadwell, which is the bar oh, across the street. Okay. So that's nice that yeah, we get a free drink. Cool. But they have free popcorn Ooh. in like a popcorn machine. Yeah. So we've all started eating an Just enormous eating amount of popcorn. popcorn. Yeah. And I'm like, is popcorn amazing? Although I will say Treadwell over salts. Ooh. Which is a little bit of a buzzkill. I might be into that. I like really salty popcorn. Come to Treadwell. I like a I like a really salty popcorn with like a nice like a nice cold soda. Sure, mm. yeah. I was born to be like a 1950s American. <laughs> I drink uh, wine, red wine, <laughs> and eat popcorn. Maybe that's that's I don't know anything about wine. Maybe it's a that's good a combination. Good I like yeah. it. A little salt with the mm-hmm. wine, yeah. So uh, I'm also watching Chernobyl. So good. It continues wow. to oh thrive God. and excel. What? Jesus, and it, exceed my expectations. It's unbelievable. Here's the thing, though. Chernobyl makes the leftovers look like a slapstick comedy. <laughs> this last episode. Ooh. Listen, I, maybe this is a spoiler. If you're familiar with the Chernobyl disaster at all, uh-huh. I don't think it's a spoiler. Right. 
But if you haven't seen the series yet, if you want the whole thing to be a surprise, I mean, I don't know how much of it could be a surprise. Right. Skip ahead to the next music cue. This last episode was all about the guys who were charged with going back into Chernobyl and shooting the dogs. Mm-hmm. That's the B storyline? Right. No, actually, that might be the A storyline. Yeah, there's not... It's like they do a good job of navigating different storylines in a way that's... They're, they're, they give them the same amount of weight. Well, you know who's really good at that in the early seasons? Game of Thrones. Yeah. It was sort of like you were constantly like, what's the A storyline? Because uh-huh. they, they all are so developed and rich. Right. And given a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the, one of the main storylines is about the guys who have to go in and kill these dogs because they're radioactive. Mm-hmm. And it's horrible. It's horrible. Uh, but it's, <sighs> I don't know how to explain this. It's so well done. Where like, they're not gratuitous about the violence. No. They cut away a lot. You don't see them shooting dog after dog after dog. Right. Um, there's a terrible scene where uh, a kid who is like very new to the situation finds puppies. Mm-hmm. And you know they're going to have to kill the puppies. And they right. don't show it at all. You just hear the gunshots. And yeah. it's very, very effective. They do a great... Yeah, they, they do a great job of giving stuff like that an immense amount of like emotional weight mm-hmm. in a way that uh, I don't know that has ever been really done before. Yeah, it's just so well done. Did you see that thing I posted about uh, the person who is from Ukraine and was not in Chernobyl, but like is very familiar with the disaster and very familiar with Ukrainian culture? Mm. And they compared how Chernobyl's done to the Americans. Yeah. And as much as I love the Americans, yeah. there's a lot of historical errors in right. it yeah, and yeah. the translations are not great and mm-hmm. um the actors who are english and american are not great at speaking russian because great. they're not native speakers <laughs> and right. russian is one of the most difficult languages language, yeah. in the world sure. so like obviously not their fault but those flaws are just completely absent from chernobyl because they very wisely didn't have them doing goofy ukrainian accents right. Not that Ukrainian accents are goofy, but like Americans and English actors doing Ukrainian accents would sound really, really hokey. Mm -hmm. So they just don't fucking do it. Yeah. Which was so smart. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's somebody, I was at band, I was practicing with one of my bands the other night and I brought up Chernobyl and one of the guys in the band was like, he's the only other guy that's seen it. The other two hadn't seen it. He's like, yeah, it's great. Like the acting's not good. And I was like, what the fuck what? are you talking about? Are you high? Yeah. It's like, like the <laughs> best actors in the world. What do you <laughs> think like, is good acting? Yeah, no, I was like, what the hell? What, what are you I'm talking mad. about? I'm mad. Let's go yeah. fight that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's so good. And it's, you know, based on a lot of uh, historical documents and, and like eyewitness testimonies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. They just do a really good job of, Showing sort of like the macro sort of political factors of the Soviet Union and the Ukraine and and what all this stuff that led to the Chernobyl disaster and the aftermath, but while at the same time highlighting the humanity of all the individual actors in it. Yes, Um, they do a very clever thing with like um, composite characters Mm -hmm. uh, where 
composition characters that's what i mean where they have like um a woman who sort of embodies all of the women who were pregnant right. at the yeah. time yeah. of the disaster and mm-hmm. then they have a firefighter character mm-hmm. who's you know supposed to um represent all of the first responders mm-hmm. and that's really clever and like making them a couple was yeah. a really smart writing move yeah. i feel like it was really really effective a, a good job of telling this this very like grand like big story in a really personal like intensely yeah. uh, intimate way. It's so good. I, I think it's some of the best TV that's been on in a long time. For I, sure, I but at the same it. time, I re- I recognize that I feel like you have to have a certain sensibility in order to watch it because I've found myself for some people who are watching it, they're like, "This is really bleak." Yeah, and it's like, yeah, it's a bleak story. Yeah, it's really yeah. sad. Yeah, one of the worst disasters to ever happen. Yeah. But what is amazing about it in watching it and sort of a clever narrative approach, they keep going back to this idea. It could have been so much worse. Right. And the reason it wasn't is because these incredibly brave people yeah. sacrifice themselves mm-hmm. over and over and over again to stop it from being w- mm-hmm. worse. Right. So it's a sad story, but I always find it like like the scene with the workers is oh, yeah. unbelievable. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. It's yeah, just it's a, so yeah. good. It's like, a, yeah, it's it's really great. I, I like I like seeing sort of like um, in the early episodes the meetings amongst like the uh, the Soviet government mm-hmm. um, trying to decide what to do. The bureaucrats. You, yeah. The bureaucrats. Yeah, because it, it does an interesting thing of like it doesn't make the Soviet state comical in that way. No, they you see like I don't. You see these guys that are like really trying to hold on to what they think they have in the Soviet state and they're worried about, you know, it doesn't make them these like comically evil guys that are just trying to like kill people. Right. It's more, you know, they give them not humanity, but it gives them like stakes and gives them like, you see a rationale for their behavior, even though, you know, it's not good and it's wrong. You see like it, it makes them into much more like complete people. Yeah, and dealing I dealing with this situation. I don't know if it's the fact that now we're, you know, dealing with the consequences of climate change or we we are living under this incredibly corrupt regime of our own or the fact that the actors um are speaking English, but it has this like really it has a sense of urgency to mm. it that I think you could easily apply like the lessons in Chernobyl to things that are happening today. Yeah, totally. Like, you know, not listening to scientists spitting at you know data and evidence and being like the state is supreme and Mm -hmm. it's like you could easily apply a lot of this to our own government and what's happening right now uh guys it's just really good then also um the game of thrones documentary oh there's a doc yeah is really good and there's like it takes on a really really sad note because kit harrington the guy who played Mm -hmm. Jon snow checked himself into rehab immediately yeah after the series ended and i feel really really sorry for him um i think it's great he's in rehab and he's getting treatment Mm -hmm. but there's a scene where they're um doing the table read and he finds out spoiler alert if you haven't seen oh i saw this video Yeah, yeah you can skip ahead to the next music cue but um they didn't know that his character kills Daenerys, mm-hmm. um, and he is just, like, shook when it happens. Yeah. And then there's another scene where he's saying goodbye to the crew, and he's, like, visibly heartbroken. Yeah. heartbroken. He's a young guy, and he says something like, this is the greatest thing I'll ever do. And I was just like, ooh, buddy. I was thinking about that, not having seen this documentary, though. I was thinking about that as Game of Thrones was ending, 
it's got to be really strange and probably this has happened i think a lot recently these there's these movie fr- these really big fran- entertainment franchises that are like complete cultural phenomenons mm-hmm. who are mostly being made and acted in by young people right. and actors first starting their career yeah he's done nothing else and that's the thing is like you know you think of like he did pompeii which bombed right so you think of like him or, or honestly any of the actors on game of thrones none of them were i will i will say like the older character actors will be fine like peter dinklage is fine they'll be fine i i wonder peter has had like a really long career before this yeah i i just it's interesting to think about like that being the start of your career you can think about like even though he's done a lot of stuff like even elijah wood mm-hmm. um who's done stuff he'll always be frodo he'll always be frodo mm-hmm. and nothing he, I, I mean you, you can't know the future but like it almost is is almost guaranteed that like nothing you're gonna do how can you top ever, something that was the is ever gonna thing. be as big as this even if yeah. you think it's better or better art or whatever it's like how how do you go from that life into yeah. a more like sort of work-a-day actor type life. Well, I think there's a reason that these big... This happened with Keanu Reeves, too, after mm-hmm. The Matrix. Yeah. They sort of go and they do these really small indie yeah. films. And I almost wonder if that's, like, an inevitability, where it's like, I'm never going to do anything bigger, so let me go do stuff I really, really right. love. Like, yeah. Elijah Wood does that all the time. He does yeah. really quirky... Daniel Radcliffe. Yeah. You know, he art. does theater now. Like, yeah, it's like... I, you have to. I, I wonder, like not being like an actor like in that world i just wonder what that's like of like that's sort of why you get into the business and you get it first and now it's like oh now you have 30 years of a career that you have to do substantially less than you started off your career doing yeah and knowing money wise and if you have the mental attitude of everything will be a little less from now on i think that is when you're in trouble right i i'm hoping amelia clark will be okay because she almost died while she was filming game of thrones she had like a brain aneurysm right? yeah i think so she almost truly almost died so i'm hoping she'll just be like well every day's a gift now i hope (laughs) yeah i i hope i i think what happened with with elijah wood and daniel radcliffe and i hope happens with a lot of these actors is those people seem very dedicated to the craft of acting Mm -hmm. and i think if you're doing it for the art you'll be fine does that make sense i i I get the impression kid harrington does love the art like he said the whole reason he got into acting is he saw ben wishaw in a play right Ben Wishaw's like an actor's actor. Uh-huh. So if you like Ben Wishaw doing theater, yeah, you I'm love sh- acting. I hope K will be good after his rehab. Yeah, I, I mean, he was if, super if he young and like he got married really young. I hope they're okay. Um, I just think that that's, that's tend to be the track for like, that's why child actors, I think, have such a hard time. Yeah. Just because it's like, you peaked. Yeah, it's you rough. You, Unless you, you have a really strong support system around yeah. you and you're like very strong mentally. It's so easy to. That sounds like I'm saying you're weak. If you, it's not that you're weak. You're not weak. So much of our, our, so much of our conception of our careers is based on a linear upward trajectory. Like you always start at the bottom, which and you is work super your way unhealthy. Up. Like yeah. you can't exponentially thrive. <laughs> you know, you well, can't keep going up and up and up and up forever. You can't. But you. But what I, what I mostly mean is like in most every other career. There's, it's always progression a little bit. It's like you start at the bottom sure. of your field. But there's long were, periods of plateau. There's long periods of plateau. But you're kind of working your way up. And mm-hmm. you s- you s- are supposed to, the, the narrative, you're supposed to end the career at like your peak, mm-hmm. right? If you're an actor, sometimes your peak is the beginning. 
Right. And then you, and it's really hard. Like it, you can look at like when people in other career, any sort of career, any sort of like office job or anything like that, like getting demoted or going down on the rung has a really profound like psychological effect on people. Yeah. Which is why I think a lot of these actors who like say are in the Goonies, they like go and they become a lawyer. Yeah. Because it's like, well, maybe you don't want to be an actor anymore, which is valid. Yeah, that's totally valid. Like, the yeah. kid who played Joffrey was like, in Game of Thrones was just like, mm, I want to go to school now. Yeah. And it's like, word, dude. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally. Like, that's absolutely, yeah. totally fine. I just, you know, I, I wonder if, like, you're really into it. And that's like, I just can't imagine being, like, that big of a cultural phenomenon. And then you have 40, 50 years of l- career left, not to I mention your, your total life. And it's yeah. just like, you have all of that to just be like, oh, I'm never going to achieve what i've already achieved i have to just keep working doing this stuff that's less impactive well i hope the dragons are okay i think they will be i think they'll be okay Mm -hmm. too but you know once you get typecast as a dragon because you are a dragon yeah uh guys on that note here's your bad news All right, so we got to talk about Robert Mueller, oh, I boy. guess. Ugh. So he holds this weird, <laughs> not a press conference. He, he delivers a, a statement, statement on Wednesday, basically once again explaining the, his report, where basically he was like, mm-hmm. um, we can't charge the president with a crime because he's the president. That's not to say right. there was no evidence of collusion in in fact quite the opposite but literally i did all i can do and now it's up to congress Uh which is what he has said a million times he just had to say it again and then he was like and now i'm out i'm resigning peace (laughs) please Uh, leave me alone i did my investigation stop driving me insane (laughs) please go bother nancy pelosi i'm out muller out and they dropped (laughs) the mic and then he pissed on the mic (laughs) it was a weird way to end yeah yeah yeah. but that's what happened so do you have any thoughts about this feelings? Um, yeah, I uh <laughs> what's really funny to me is has been the conservative reaction to this uh, uh statement. Uh This is why I love having you on the show mm-hmm. because Eric has his pulse I have on a brain the conservative news yeah. world. He obsessively watches and listens to conservative uh-huh. media. I cannot do it. I wish I could turn it into a career because it's genuinely fascinating. Go to me. work for a media matter. I, w- I would if they would. That's hire their me. whole. Gig. I wish I could. Uh, if if you're out there and you work for media matters, hit me up. Go I'll, talk I'll, to Parker. I'll, I will literally just listen to conservative podcasts for 18 hours a day I'm and serious. report you, to you. You should DM Parker and be like, "How do I get in there?" <laughs> yeah, I will. She did it. I will do it. I'll ask her. Yeah. Um, but uh, so. It is a they they flipped on him so fast. It's awesome because when it first came out, when the report came out, they were like, "See, Robert Mueller is a fair man. He conducted a fair investigation. This is all done." This think there's one sentence. There's one sentence from his statement that they're latched onto and now consider him a traitor. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, it is because he said. At one point, he's describing like just how the report is structured, and he says basically, if we had, if we were sure that the president had not committed a crime, we would have said so. Right. Therefore, we did not say so. So. Well, his his the second line to that he says is like we did not make a determination of it. Okay. 
Everybody else is saying, well, you didn't say that, so obviously he did commit a crime. Right. Mueller's point of view has just been like, look, if we were sure he didn't commit a crime, we would have said so. We are just not going to make a determination at all because right. we can't indict a sitting president. You can't. Yes. You cannot indict. Which a sitting is an president. entirely separate weird thing because the question yeah. to that is why not? the uh, The explanation I have heard why you can't indict a sitting president is because if you allowed that, literally any prosecutor in the United States could convene a grand jury and indict a president. So but you, isn't the whole point? So the only way to indict a president is if a prosecutor does it. It can't go through Congress. Well, you you have to. I I I'm not a a, a civics expert. I believe the only way to do it is through the impeachment process. But doesn't the impeachment process entail Congress? Yes. So Congress has to do it. Is the point? Okay. So my question is then. Now I guess that gets into the whole like which party has majority in Congress. Exactly. Uh, that's stupid, though, because you're basically saying anybody in the country can be prosecuted for a crime except the most powerful person in the country, yeah, which much. is a stupidly dangerous precedent to set. Yeah. And it's always been that way. This isn't obviously like a new thing. No, no. This has been, this has been the OLC's. Uh, there's two memos from the OLC dating back, I think, to the 70s. So mm-hmm. about 40 years of of thing. And it's basically, again, if you if you opened up the president to indictment, it would basically like literally any prosecutor in the United States could bring forth an indictment. And then it, if it goes through Congress and they just happen to have a majority, then it's like, well, now yeah, I mean, it, the it's, president. It, it's this whole thing. Yeah. So, yeah. so he's like, you can't indict a sitting president. So when like, yeah, the, the whole thing is just so weird. People are, are taking, I think Mueller's whole thing was just like look i'm not gonna make a determination either way because i can't do anything about it mm-hmm. like even if i thought he did i don't want to put it out there because i can't do anything about it so what's i'm gonna so give you the evidence what's so infuriating about all of this is like he did his job right yeah he collected all the evidence he put together his little report he presented his little report and now he has said a million times it's up to congress it's up to congress it's mm-hmm. up to congress and fucking Pelosi and the Democrats are just like, well, you know, mm. Mm, eh, eh. and it's like it's it's so entirely in their court now, mm-hmm. and they're just whiffing again. Yeah, yeah, because they don't. And that sounds like they're inept. They're not inept. Nancy Pelosi is an incredibly skilled politician. Mm. She just doesn't want this to come back on her in any way. Yeah. I so think, she's not going to push for it. I think that a lot of people have a very warped view of, of Congress and politics in general. Um, I think they sort of see Nancy Pelosi or the Democrat. I think they see Congress as these two warring sides. But... In reality, when the TV cameras are off, they are much more cordial and friendly with each other than yeah. put upon. Uh-huh. And, you know, <laughs> I mean, Nancy Pelosi likes being in power, whatever, you know, whatever small amount of power she has. I mean, she has a decent amount of power now, but, you know, even, you know, she like even when she wasn't speaker, you know, she those people that are like the top of the Democratic Party that have these these positions you know, you if you brought impeachment against the president, it would be a war. I mean, it would be an right. absolute war. And you need the reason that like Newt Gingrich was so effective as speaker in the nineties is because Newt Gingrich didn't give a shit. Right. He really he wanted to go to war against the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. And and he did. Mm-hmm. And he was good at it. Yeah. You know, he was effective at it. And 
you know, that's the reason why all that all, all, there was all that upheaval in the '90s and all this stuff happened, and the the government was shut down and all this stuff because he didn't care. Right. He didn't care about you know. And, but I think the the top the Democratic leadership now does care. Right. They want their reputation and they want this stuff. And there's some legitimacy to that because I don't think I think ultimately impeachment would be pretty fruitless. Um, you could still you should still do it if it's if if the grounds are there. Um, but ultimately, it's probably not going to it's probably not going to work. Yeah, I agree. One hundred percent. So I also wanted to talk about Missouri, 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 because how, how the how the locals said, well, this was a very scary story about how the only abortion clinic in Missouri mm-hmm. was going to be shut down. Yeah. The somewhat hopeful update to the story is that a judge has ruled that the clinic can continue to provide abortions for the time being. Circuit Court Judge Michael uh, Steltzer's ruling does not renew the license. Instead, the ruling allows the current license to remain in effect until the matter can be heard in court again on June 4th. Okay. So it's very temporary. Mm-hmm. Um but it's it's obviously better than the clinic being shut down. However, it also shows the dire situation we find ourselves yeah. in right now, yeah. where the state has one abortion clinic mm-hmm. and it is precariously close to being shut down. Right, like right. they are now operating on a week by week basis, which is super scary. Like imagine if you are a person who is. Um, pregnant in that state and you need to terminate your pregnancy right, right. and you're just like is the clinic still open i don't know yeah, we no got idea. one of them and i can't afford to go out of state right. so is the state gonna make me have this <laughs> baby or not right. you know yeah so uh, very very scary uh yeah we've talked about this a lot before uh for years but i think it's important to remember i you know there's the state laws that are being passed right now to ban abortion are obviously very bad um they are, are very extreme and getting all the news attention. But it's worth remembering that, like, even when they eventually get struck down and abortion remains illegal, like, this is the method which you make. It doesn't matter if abortion is legal if nobody will do it. Exactly. And so, well, it and can the be thing f- is, here's the thing there will always be abortion. People will always do abortions. But at this point, we're talking about how safe the person getting the abortion will be when they're getting the abortion done. Because there's the thing, the state is never going to stop abortions. All they're going to do is endanger the lives of people seeking the abortions. Because this is not about them being quote-unquote pro-life, right? They don't give a shit about the lives of the people trying to control their own reproductive health. They want to control the reproductive process itself. Mm -hmm. And they want to control the bodies of the people who are pregnant who are seeking abortions. That's what it's about. Yeah. So, yeah, we're, we're just at this point determining how many bodies we're going to have at the end of this if they outlaw abortion and people have to go to the black market again. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So also in bad news, and I didn't get to this last week, but it's a huge story. The Trump administration announced sweeping changes to the rules protecting transgender people from discrimination in health care. Combined with an announcement earlier this week ending gender identity protections and homeless shelters, the administration has now taken steps to exclude transgender people from almost every aspect of public life, including employment, housing, health care, education, prisons, and the military. And this is, uh, I'm reading from Think Progress. Yeah, I mean, this is awful. I mean, It's, it's really, monstrous. really scary. And then fucking President Fuckhead <laughs> tweets... 
happy pride to all the LGBT people out there. And it's like, well, clearly you don't know what the T means in that. Right, yeah, yeah. Because you just did this bullshit, you fucking piece of shit. Right. It's really scary. I can't, obviously, I can't empathize. I mean, I can empathize, but I can't really accurately know what it must feel like. But it must be terrifying to be a transgender person right now in the United States. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know... uh I mean, the thing about it is, it, it effectively, you, you know, legalizes the ability to discriminate against right. trans people in every facet of public life. Right. So if if a, you know, and and I think, you know, I think people get maybe not people on the left, but like there's just you know, whenever legislation gets brought up to sort of like regulate discrimination and stuff like that it always tends to get framed at least in the popular media about like the rights of the business owner or whatever you know about Mm -hmm. like you know free association or like the ability to manage your own business but like you know we have a long i think most people are okay like Saying, like, yeah, you're not allowed to refuse service to black people. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, we've, as a nation, figured out that that's wrong, right? Well, most of us. Well, most of us. <laughs> but, you know, yeah. I, I, you know, even I think even most of your, like, really hardcore conservatives would agree, like, it's not, it's not okay, mm-hmm. you know, to, like, if, you know, to kick people out of your restaurant for being black or whatever. But, but if I have to make the gays that wedding cake. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's that. There's, that's the whole battle. And then now it's just, like, you know, but we don't apply that same standard to trans people or gay people and it's it's really upsetting and it doesn't make any sense well on the one hand yeah we've always had these fights in the united states and thankfully through the brave work of activists and you know like civil rights heroes we've made a lot of gains in equality but you know how there's always that um two steps forward one step back yeah yeah during that one step back it's like how many of us are gonna die right it's not like that's like this sort of bloodless uh, pattern throughout history. Mm-hmm. Anytime we go backwards, right. we lose people. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we are in a backward step right now. And, it, and really at this point, it's like, how many people are we going to lose in, in these concentration camps we have at the border? Right. They are concentration yeah, camps. Yeah, yeah. Um, with these anti-trans laws... Um, with with all of these, like the xenophobia, the homophobia, the racism, like how many people, the abortion bans, how many people are we going to lose at right. the end of this? And that's what's really terrifying right now. And it's extra frustrating when places like the fucking New York Times give this anti-trans bullshit a leg up by publishing stuff like this chest binding article. Oh, I didn't see this. So a lot of trans men bind their chest Mm -hmm. and this is like a really old practice going back years and years and years so jezebel has a good dismantling of this article um where the times focuses on a single piece of research which was this groundbreaking 2017 study by boston university public health and medical students on the health impacts of chest binding in the trans community the study, the first ever to look at the health impacts of chest binding among trans youth and young adults, found that while 97% of respondents reported experiencing at least one negative physical symptom, so like back pain, chest pain, shortness of breath, among others, most surveyed reported that the benefits outweighed any physical side effects. 
Um, so, but what the New York Times did was take this study and say, look, 97% of them reported one of these symptoms. Right. So therefore this symptom or this practice is dangerous and like threatening their physical health instead of focusing on the benefits which outweigh sure. those symptoms. And also the fact that maybe a lot of these, you know, these, these trans men don't have access to surgeries that can make them more comfortable, right. you know, and, the, and right. that chest binding is sort of a substitute for that. Yeah, I find it interesting that this would be an issue, but like, you know, I, I don't see any articles in the New York Times about like the health risks of breast augmentation. You right. know, you know, right. like <laughs> we're perfectly fine with when women getting boob jobs. Right. You know, uh, or any sort of plastic surgery. Yeah. Well, yeah, like in that case, feminism sort of has gone back and forth about it. But a lot of feminists now believe it's your body. If it makes you feel better to do this, then, you know, you should be able to do it. That's how we've always treated it. I mean, look, obviously any surgery has risks. Yeah. Any surgery. Yeah. Even if it's necessary, you know, any surgery has risks. So it's not groundbreaking research to say surgery has risks. Right. But we've always sort of been of the mind that, like, we allow people to get plastic surgery and any sort of augment, you know, any sort of like any sort of surgery that they want as long as they understand the risks and decide to go through with it. Mm-hmm. So when you see an article like this, it's clear what they're trying to do. Yeah. You know? And of course, the Times is just handing more ammo to the anti-trans people out there who are like, see, we told you it's a mental illness. Like they're they're hurting themselves by doing this. And it's like, well, because they misreported the study. Yeah. That's all that is. They misreported the study. But, you know, even if that was even if they didn't, I mean, they did. Right. But even if they didn't, like, again, like any sort of surgery is going to have side effects. And some population of the people that get the surgery are going to have negative effects from it. Right. But we like, you know, we don't have problem with people getting facelifts. And we or don't strip them of their rights. Exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, it's that's the, you know, it's you can tell the, you know, there's this sort of bias where, you know, in what people decide to cover and what people ignore. Mm-hmm. And it's very telling that, you know, we don't write articles about women getting breast augmentation mm-hmm. or whatever, because it's mostly settled. It's like, yeah, you might have health effects from it. You have to consult with your doctor beforehand. And then. As long as you're understanding of that, then we let you do it. And Yeah, and like to me, the people who compare stuff like this and, you know, the the surgeries that transgender people get to like genital mutilation in children is disgusting. The whole point is agency. Right. The whole point. These are consenting adults who have struggled with this stuff their entire life. They've now made it like a consented, informed decision. Yes. That is so different than genital mutilation that it is fucking offensive. Oh, it's so offensive and just disgusting. And, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's, I mean, I don't even know what else to say. It's just, it's such bad faith. Yeah. And and, it it all stems from a place of like, you are just icked out by transgender people. That is what this comes down to. You're ignorant. You probably have unknowingly you probably have met met a lot of transgender people but Mm -hmm. never knowingly met them right and they are alien to you and it just icks you out yeah absolutely that is really there's no intellectual argument here right right, it just icks you out yeah absolutely i mean that's i mean 
that's uh, in my experience most of the conservative worldview. Right. It's <laughs> just, just this it's, is weird. I don't get like it. New stuff. We better ban it. Yeah, you know, uh, <laughs> that's most of what the reaction to it. You know, it's especially funny considering they're always accusing the left of being feelings based. <laughs> they're you know, so feelings based. They're, like, they're so reactionary and they're feelings so based. They're so reactionary. That's all they are. Yeah. So, guys, on that news, that's enough of the bad. Here's your good news. <laughs> All right. Good news aplenty in Illinois. Ooh. Wow, 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 wow. You have some experience with Illinois. I do. I went to high school in Naperville, Illinois, and then Mm. I went to college at Illinois State University in Normal, Mm. which that always makes people giggle (laughs) because our police cars had normal police written on them. (laughs) So people would like pose for photos in front of it. They thought it was very funny. Oh, I'm sure they did. So Illinois is kicking some butt. Um, They are one signature away. The governor has to sign it, but the governor is like jazzed to sign this. Um, They're joining 10 other states in uh, legalizing recreational use of marijuana. But not only that, in Illinois, they are going to go back and expunge the records of everyone who has been convicted. Oh, there we go. For marijuana possession and, and selling it. Yeah. That's the good stuff. That's huge. Yeah. That is massive. And Governor J.B. Pritzker is going to sign it um, and said that this bill uh, offers the most equity-centric approach in the nation. Yeah. I mean, it's so wild that, yeah, like, you can legalize weed and then have people in jail. Mm Mm-hmm. It's just like, how, you know, that that's to me like the most. And it's why I can't enjoy like weed tainment, like uh-huh. watching like white people sell pot on, and like entertainment TV and movies yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. Like, isn't this quirky and bad? We're making money selling weed. It's like ugh, it just it's repugnant. I mean, I uh, I mean, granted, I find weed culture to be highly uh, irritating. Highly. <laughs> like, highly. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what I do. Very good. Uh, I f- find it just to be completely off-putting but that's like <laughs> that's none of my business but th- there is that aspect to it too where it's like you know watching people like smoke weed on tv and like, make weed sandwiches or some Ooh. dumb shit and it's just like yeah people are in jail yeah for that, a long and that's time. the thing like maybe i would enjoy it if there hadn't been so much damage done to these communities yeah. and people are languishing in jail and we've torn apart families and force people into generational poverty right because of these fucking three strike laws and and Mm -hmm. drug laws so the the retroactive aspect of this is huge where it's it's like we're going back in time to be like okay now that it's okay for people now it's also okay for people 10 20 Uh years ago and it's like yeah that's how it should be that that's at least like a tiny step towards equality yeah absolutely um so also in illinois the Senate approved a sweeping abortion rights bill. Um, it establishes a fundamental right for women to get an abortion in Illinois. And it, this is also going to the governor's desk. Um, the Senate voted 34 to 20 in favor of the abortion legislation, which obviously comes amid an increased sense of urgency among advocates looking to protect abortion access. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so as I said, it establishes a fundamental right of a woman to have an abortion and states that a fertilized egg embryo or fetus does not have independent rights, which is huge. That yeah. wording. Mm-hmm. It repeals the Illinois abortion law of 1975, doing away with provisions for spousal consent, waiting periods, criminal penalties for physicians who perform abortions and other restrictions on facilities where abortions are performed. It's also huge that this happened like, um, on the anniversary of, of George Taylor being assassinated. Yeah. Very meaningful. That part about um, criminal penalties for physicians who perform abortions. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this is obviously huge. Like, to come at a time when abortion is rapidly being outlawed. To to explicitly protect the right of yes. abortion. Yes. It's very needed. Yes. Very, very... Uh, it joins uh, New York passed a, a, a similar bill a yep. couple months ago, which was uh, great. What I find interesting about it too, though, is that like uh, there's this big, uh, you know, uh, not to bring it back to the conservative movement always, but like there's this very big push that you know uh, a lot of people are like, you know, it it should be a state issue. Mm. What I find interesting though is that they don't, <laughs> they're always like it should be a state issue, and you know, uh, but they don't like this either. Mm-hmm. Like they they want it to be a state issue, but then they try to advocate against you know Illinois and New York passing these 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 women's rights bills Mm -hmm. because they don't actually believe that you know they don't they don't actually believe in the states rights you know creed that they're always talking Mm -hmm. about they don't actually believe that shit right and i have to say like again i i don't like to make this you know like the blue states are so much better than the red states because like even in new york like i go to planned parenthood for uh my gynecologist Mm -hmm. And, like, even here in New York City, you got to go through two metal detectors yeah, to get into of, yeah. a Planned Parenthood yeah. um, because there's that level of fear, you oh, know? Yeah, yeah. Even in New York City, which is like, mm, how liberal can we get? It's still like, no, there's still fucking nut jobs who oh, yeah. really want to hurt abortion every, providers. Every day. Yeah. Every day there's. Again, there's even though that's a very small part of what Planned Parenthood does, right. overwhelmingly people are going to get, like, you know, breast exams mm-hmm. and um, visit a gynecologist yeah, and every, all that stuff. Every day Planned Parenthoods around New York have protesters outside harassing people, trying to go inside and stuff yeah. like that. It's, I mean, it's. The one it's in bad. Harlem is really bad. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was talking to a friend of mine who's a escort. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, they, they try to, like, in, incite you into fighting them. And, like, oh, yeah. Like, we'll All bump into you, mm-hmm. so they're hoping you'll shove them back. Right, it's, right. It's, it's, it's brutal. Bad, it's, yeah. It's really bad. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's great that they passed that bill. Also, yes. uh, uh, it's, I, because uh, uh, yesterday was the... Um, the the tenth anniversary of the murder of George Taylor yeah. and uh, I, I think it's uh, I, I meant to uh, Bill O'Reilly should be hounded every day for the rest of his life he should be in jail he for <laughs> inciting the murder of George like Taylor. not to be a carceral liberal <laughs> but I think we should have one prison <laughs> and it should one have room. one prisoner <laughs> it's, it's a one, one room, room prison, prison. yeah. Uh, and, and it should be the size right. of a broom closet, <laughs> and there should be one person inside, and that person should it's be Bill O'Reilly, yeah, <laughs> because he got George Taylor murdered. Yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, he it it can't be understated, and he should be hounded about it every day for the rest of his his pathetic life. Yeah, you called that man a baby killer until someone believed that he killed children, mm-hmm. which he did not. No, and hunted him down in his church. And know? that was the second time somebody tried to kill yeah. him. Yeah. Before that, he got shot in the arm. Mm-hmm. And he went back to work the next day. Yeah. Because he was a fucking badass yeah, he who wanted to help people. Mm-hmm. Total hero. Yeah. 
Absolutely. should have statues built <laughs> in his honor. Yeah. And speaking of heroes who are going to have statues built in their honor, here in New York City, uh, and just in time for Pride, at least this story is just in time for Pride Month, Marsha P. Johnson and Sylvia Rivera, who uh, were the pioneering transgender activists who were at the vanguard of the gay rights movement, are going to be immortalized in a monument that may be placed down the street from the Stonewall Inn. Oh, great. We don't okay. know exactly where the statues are going to be, mm-hmm. but uh, Marsha and Sylvia are were, were very, very beloved um, drag performers. Yeah. Uh, vibrant characters in the Greenwich Village street life. Mm-hmm. They worked on behalf of homeless LGBTQ youth and those affected by HIV AIDS. They are also believed to be key figures in the June 1969 Stonewall Uprising right. who fought the cops as they raided the, the gay bar mm-hmm. on Christopher Street. And for a long, long time, they were whitewashed from history. Right. Uh, and until like people who were actually there were <laughs> like, you know drag queens started the yeah, riot, yeah. right? <laughs> or right. the uprising, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and those activists fought very, very hard that Marsha and Sylvia would not be forgotten. Right. And it's great that they're going to have statues. It's very cool. Built in their honor. That's very good. Yeah. Apparently de Blasio got a bunch of money for uh, sort of like community landmarks. And he's taking some of that money to build these statues. Well, that's one good thing that he's done. That is the only <laughs> good thing he's done lately. Don't run for president. Do not run for president. No one wants you to be president. Did you see... I know this is a good news section. This is very... Did you see <laughs> that he didn't go to... There was... You know, and it, he skipped a Memorial Day event honoring, you know, fallen soldiers. Okay. And he... Uh, people were like, hey, uh, you didn't go to, you know... Uh, a Memorial Day event honoring soldiers from New York that you're the mayor of. And he was like, oh, uh, uh, it wasn't on my schedule. My staff didn't tell me about it. They didn't tell you about Memorial Day? <laughs> yeah, apparently. You need to be reminded about <laughs> Memorial Day? <laughs> you fucking man baby. Also, uh, he's. this isn't his first year as mayor of New York. There have been past Memorial Day events that he's That's gone to. That somehow he got to. <laughs> yeah. Do we know why he skipped it? What he went to? He, I, some some presidential campaign oh, bullshit. I don't know. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. He was just not in the city, or like, well, they just didn't go. It was like, oh yeah, it wasn't on my schedule. My staff didn't tell me about it. Oh my god! It's don't run for president. Nobody wants him to run. It's, I mean, just unbelievable. It's just the worst. Okay, can we close on? I will also say very quickly, related back to this story yeah. about this. I really didn't appreciate statues until I moved to New York. We got some dope ones. They're cool. We got some they're good, good ones. Yeah. We don't have a ton back home. Um, they're good. They're they're. I like them. Because there's a lot you want to forget. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's quite a lot. <laughs> uh, the I only mean, honestly same. We just like have enough good people. <laughs> I mean, the only real memorial back home is a memorial to the Freedom Riders because uh, the mm-hmm. Ku Klux Klan bombed their bus in my hometown. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad the Freedom Riders have one, but mm-hmm. I wish they didn't have to get it yeah. that way. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give you the option. Do you want to end things talking about the spelling bee, Elizabeth Warren, or William H. Macy? Ooh, okay. Oh, my God. There's a lot of pressure. I don't know what the William H. Macy story is, so I, th- I think I have to go with that one. I okay. do love the spelling bee. The reason I'm putting this in good news is just this photo is so funny. Did you see this? No, I don't know anything about it. I don't He's know. on his way to his daughter's graduation party. <laughs> so I posted this photo oh with God. the caption, um, the Beach Boys, wouldn't it be nice, Blairs? <laughs> 
He looks like Grumpy Cat. Yeah. uh, Rip. Rip Grumpy Cat. It's just a perfect aftermath to a story of white privilege, wealth privilege, corruption, Mm -hmm. getting busted. Now everybody knows your kid only got into this fancy school because you bribed her way in. Did William H. Macy get caught up in that? Yeah. He's uh, uh, Felicity Huffman's husband. What? Yes. I didn't know this. Yes. I didn't know he was part of this. Yes. (laughs) Yes. They let her graduate? Uh, Yeah. Well, the, he's got the fucking balloon. Oh, my God. Congrats, Grad. Wow. She escapes by the skin of her teeth. Because mm-hmm. all the other ones have gotten kicked out. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I mean, just what a perfect, perfect image. And I put it in the good news section because, like, <laughs> listen. Yeah. I mean, that's like got to be the saddest graduation party because you're like, congrats uh, on this graduation that now the entire world knows you did you're not fraud. earn. You're a fucking <laughs> fraud. But also, fuck you. You took somebody's spot who yeah. was smarter than you and more qualified, but mm-hmm. they're not as rich as you. Right. So fuck you. Like, listen, I love William H. Macy's acting. I think Felicity Huffman's super talented actress. But also, fuck them. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and their daughter. Like, the worst part of this whole thing was like, I mean, A... These kids, like, they stole these spots from more qualified people. Uh, They don't deserve the educations they got, all that stuff. The worst part of it to me was that, like, especially Lori Laughlin's daughter is just some, like, Instagram influencer. Mm -hmm. So she's not even putting the education she stole to good use. No, she said in one of the videos, you guys all know I hate school and I don't like studying. She didn't want to go to school. Yeah. The only time I feel bad for these kids is when, like in that case, it's so obvious she's just living out the fantasy of her parents. Yeah, yeah, This kid does not want to go to school. A, B, this kid does not need to go to school. She's making millions of dollars being an influencer. Yeah. Give someone else that education. absolutely. Um, Not that, like, Here's the thing. We have such a corrupt society that's rigged in favor of the rich anyway. Yeah. That even if Lori Laughlin's daughter didn't go, it's not like some, some poor kid would get that yeah, spot. Yeah. You know, we need to fundamentally change the way higher education works in this country. But God, I love seeing rich people go down in flames. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, the, the other thing about like the college scandal is also like uh, this. This scandal was like so blatant. And deals with a lot of celebrities, which is why I got all that news. But like, and like funny celebrities, like yeah. Aunt Becky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a funny celebrity. Right, exactly. Yeah. Everyone was like, "We could do our full house puns." And it was so like filled with like cartoonishly weird, like like the the you know where they were like literally like photoshopping their kids playing sports. It was bizarre. Like, absolutely bizarre. And like silly. the fact that Lori Loughlin's daughter was on the yacht that belonged to the head of the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When she got notified, uh-huh. like it's yeah, so it like cartoonishly corrupt. Cartoonishly corrupt. But like tons of like kids of like fucking finance idiots go to school on like oh, legacies and I yeah, mean, legacies are in it, like an accepted part of college which it's it shows you how bad the system is i do wonder at what point or if there will be a breaking point where institutions like harvard will clean house because their brand is being damaged like there's going to be a certain point where you are no longer considered the finest university in the world you will just be considered like a hotbed of corruption and legacies who like that's i don't it's already an issue among some Harvard grads. Right. Unfortunately, I know a lot of Harvard mm-hmm. graduates. Wow. Well, despite sorry. my best efforts. <laughs> and a lot of them are but a lot of them aren't legacies. Right. And there's a lot of resentment 
because like um the whole grading system is skewed too right. yeah. where a lot of people who should not be getting A's are getting A's and a lot of people who earn their place in Harvard are like why did I study so hard right. if you're just passing these kids because they're a Vanderbilt I don't yeah I, I wonder about that because I feel like even uh, I mean, even since I've been like going to school it feels like it's been well known that like yeah, like just because you graduate from Harvard doesn't mean you're like a smart person. No, I've met many stupid people from Harvard. Yeah, like it feel it feels like that's more from Yale though. Am oh. I right? <laughs> 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 uh, delightful. Um, uh, you you know it feels like that's been well known. That's been like a, a running joke as long as I feel like I've been going to school. Oh it's yeah, like you know you 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 don't get into Harvard. Like there's just a thing that happens for rich people and like you know the people that went to Harvard you get their kids into Harvard. And if stuff you're like, like actually smart, you go to MIT. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, uh, yeah. I mean, like it feels like that's been like a running thing, and nothing's ever been done about it. Again, like, yeah. Well, that's what I wonder. I'm like, is there going to be a point where Harvard's like our brand is being diminished because we're letting all these rich dum dums in? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, there's a little... Also, they need to build buildings, though. Right. And, like, have new pools put in, and they need that money. But, like, it's so weird to me, though. It's like, you know, they do, but also, like, Harvard has, like, a a $40 billion endowment that they're just sitting on that they don't do anything with. But they could have more. Right. They could have so much more. I, I do think there's been a little bit of, like, brand decrease um from like people like zuckerberg and steve jobs like drop or bill gates like dropping out of college and like being rich well that's what i mean like if you are look zuckerberg's a piece of shit but he was also like a brilliant dude who had a brilliant idea mm-hmm. um that he stole large parts yeah, of but yeah. you know he had the basic tools he made it happen and like, at that point it was like how would an harvard education have helped him right. it just slowed him down at that point right 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 but yeah whatever guys we're over time uh, please follow Eric on Twitter at E-R-E-K underscore Smith. Anything we should plug? Oh, we have a show in New York City. June 21st. June 21st at Under St. Mark's Theater. Doors so are at 10. Show Show's at 10. at 10.30. It's Pride Month. It's going to be our Pride show. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have a lot of uh, queer acts. Yes. And yeah, then we're going to do improv. I will sit out in solidarity. Oh, do I have to sit out? I don't know. I'll sit out if I have to. We'll talk about it. We could. I could be the token straight <laughs> and just ruin every scene. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do it. Yeah. I'm not fucking afraid. <laughs> Guys, follow me at Allison Kilkenny. Go to lighttreason.news and smash that donate button if you want to keep us going. Thanks so much for listening. If you had any thoughts about today's episode, hashtag lighttreasonpod on Twitter. Thanks so much for listening. And while you're at it, get out there and cause a little trouble. <laughs>